0: Welcome to a radical discussion of independence, free will, liberty, and the left-hand path. This is Daemonosophy 2.0 with your host, Paul Frederick. No Paul Frederick Damonosophy 2.0 Do you know about China's social credit system? Because if you don't know about it then most of what I'm about to say next is probably going to sound kind of far out. In fact, this happened to me recently, so I had a uh, fan of the show had written to me saying you know i used to think a lot of the things that you talked about were pretty far out there maybe a little bit you know paranoid maybe even a little bit on the conspiracy side of things and then i heard about china's social credit system and then i started thinking wow maybe paul frederick uh, is onto something there but the reason i'm talking about it now is uh, I got to give a shout out to uh, my homeboy SMQAI AI SMQ, um, who has his podcast over there. Who uh, he, he tweeted about this about the China Social Credit System, saying, "Do you think that this could happen here?" And I think that's a good question. That really is why I encourage y'all to go out and learn about this China's social credit system with an eye towards considering how likely it is for something like that to happen here. And you can go look this up. Just go search. Just go Google search for China's social credit system. You're going to see all kinds of stuff in it. Like I had a uh, Business Insider article came up. Now, China plans to rank all its citizens based on their social credit by 2020. People can be rewarded or punished according to their scores. Like private financial credit scores, a person's social scores can move up and down according to their behavior. And um, recently in futurism.com, there was an article. uh, This is on March 2nd. By Jacob Bannis, China's social credit system barred millions from traveling in 2018. So it talks over 23 million ticket purchases were blocked due to social credit offenses. So if you if you do bad with your social credit ranking, that's one of the, the punishments for it is they ban you. They can forbid you from traveling. Um, other things is they can forbid you from getting credit um things like that. And you got to remember you know people are so used to seeing all of the the commerce and entrepreneurialism out of China and they forget that it's a it's it's a communist state. It's a one-party state that was started by Mao Zedong and millions of people died and, and they have absolute control over the population. And it's really a different animal. But again, um, the reason I encourage people to consider these questions is with an eye towards seeing how things are going on where you are right now and how far the current situation is away from something like this currently. Another good resource I'm going to recommend is Vice, which is usually full on liberal. Radical left-wing mouthpiece for Bill Maher um, did a a feature on the China social credit system. So if it's if so if Vice thinks it's too communist, then there's something going on there. But I recommend this Vice episode because they they go over there and film it, and it gives you a sense of what it actually looks like. Cause when you read about it over here, you're like, well, how do they, how are they going to implement that? How, how do they, how do they do that? How do they actually rank you? How do they watch your behavior? So for one thing, you know, they have their own online system, their own version of, of Facebook. And by, you know, correlating data with that, they can observe on, online behaviors and, 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 rank your decisions that way. But they also have, and, and they show this in the Vice piece, you know, there's representatives, government representatives um, who come around like the apartment complexes because everyone there lives in an apartment complex. That's the other thing you got to understand. It's, and it's really easy to monitor people. It's really easy to have a bureaucracy with a few people who come in and monitor everyone when everyone is living in these common uh, mega- uh, project apartment house type buildings, which I mean, a lot of places in America are like that now. Certainly, a lot of Europe un- underneath the uh, European Union. Uh, definitely, the direction is to get everyone living in that kind of situation so everyone can be monitored. And also, no one has private property anymore. Everyone's a renter. But anyhow, they have uh, this lady comes by and, and walks, walks through the apartment complex. And, you know, if she sees someone, you know, picking up garbage in the hall. Well, they get a positive mark for that. And if she sees someone, say, for instance, they walk by some garbage and they don't pick it up. Oh, that's a demerit. And and it just goes from there. And, and this is a community person, you know, who's a who's a who's a, a Communist Party member and they have their own. You know district that they're assigned to so they know everyone in the district on a first name basis and of course when she comes by everyone's really nice to her because you have to be nice to her um, if you because if you don't she'll give you a, a negative rating so if you know anything at all about the history of the Soviet Union or you read Solzhenitsyn um, Gulag Archipelago, then you know that this, this is exactly how the KGB did things. It's like a page out of the KGB book of uh, surveilling a, a population in order to keep them docile. And the Vice documentary goes on and, and they talk about, you know, all these people who's ta- who, uh, you know, citizens who think that the social credit system is great. Oh, we just love it. But you have to understand, they have to say that. It's the same thing as when they go in and they try and interview people in North Korea and they say, we love our dear leader. We love life in North Korea. It's wonderful here. I love it. I love it. I love it. You have to understand they have to say that. They're basically hostages to their government. They can't criticize it. If they criticize this on, on this television show, then, well, if, for sure they're going to get a, a, a negative mark on their social credit system, um, at the very least, you know, at the very worst, they might disappear at night and go off to a work camp. So you cannot take, you, you just cannot take as legitimate the feedback from citizens who are forced to live under an authoritarian, uh, pedantic um spying kind of a system, surveillance kind of system like this. You just can't take their their word for it. Um, so and they interview one guy in Vice on the Vice deal where he, he talks about it's been really rough for him because he got he got some negative rankings for some reason and and, you know, and I can't remember what it is. It's something real real asinine and he didn't respond to something uh, soon enough, and, and he just collected a few negative rankings, and now he's having a real hard time making it in life. So it's funny how they punish you like that. They, they cut you off from travel, and they cut you off from loans, which of course makes it harder for you to get by and be a productive member in society, which I'm sure will warrant even more negative marks on your social ranking system, and you just go into a downward spiral from there. So um, it's, 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 it's got to be pretty rough. So then SMQ posed this question to us of could this happen here? How easily could this happen here? And after giving this some thought, I'm of the mind that this could very easily happen in America. Um, And in many ways, we're already on a path towards this. So first of all, one thing you need to be aware of is Project Dragonfly. Um, which you can go research about this. And Project Dragonfly is a project with Google um, to basically uh, supply a a search engine for China, which has a um, backdoor in it to allow the government to censor it. So it's basically Google being complicit in censorship with with China. So they're just joining hands in an effort to censor a, a population and and this is this is real this is a big deal so there's a a protest there was a protest against this That's like posted online where google employees um said that this is completely un- we as google employees think that this is completely unethical uh, google must must withdraw this uh dragon project dragonfly immediately um you know for the sake of humanity for all that's all that's right <laughs> Um, but, you know, they're, they're certainly going to go through with this. So, I mean, that's the biggest data broker in, in, in the world, uh, buddying up with the biggest authoritarian superpower and author of social credit systems. So there's a, a, a wonderful gateway for uh, something like this, making its way into America. Um, Facebook is uh, also a great platform for this already already um you know facebook and, and we all know how facebook uses the like system to get people obsessed with it and and glued to it and that people like very quickly after you know interacting on facebook just become obsessed with getting getting likes and and, and getting visibility and something like that could easily be uh transformed into a platform for a, a social credit system, because the other thing about the social credit system is it's all visible, um, it's all visible, everyone knows what your social ranking is, and this fits in perfectly with all of the uh, call out culture that's arisen through social media. Um, people could easily call each other out to um rank each, demerit each other, and uh, anyone who calls out ends up getting like ranked up. Um, this is totally how it worked in, in 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 authoritarian communist states. This is totally how it worked under uh, the Stasi system in in East Berlin, and and the Soviet system as well with the KGB. The more you rat out, if you stand up and you rat out your friends and demerit them, then you get in the good graces uh, graces of the uh, of the man and you up your ranking and also help defend yourself against further accusations. So yeah, the, the whole secret is to call out uh, call out your friends and family first, throw them under the bus in order to save yourself and make sure that you're on the, the side of the good guys. So just in terms of, of platform and information systems and big data, everything's in place to easily slip in this in this direction um and then we also have infrastructure in place uh for that um not just with you know big data and and algorithm collections but um you've got the tsa the transportation security administration which a lot of people like to associate them exclusively with, um, airlines, airport travel, but this organization was formed as a response to 9-11 as a part of the Homeland Security Act, and they have broad, broad powers, and they could easily move outside of airports to be monitoring security in many other forms, they could be monitoring, um, I, I mean, transportation, in, in various other contexts, and they have the right, they have the ability, the, not, not the right, the authority to stop and detain people based just solely on submission. They are able to stop citizens and detain them and search their belongings and keep them uh, basically incarcerated for an undisclosed amount of time based only on suspicion. Well, so what that really means is that they can do whatever they want. And since they're coming into being in the days following 9-11 or the the arising of their, their amazing power and authority in the days following 9-11, all challenges to the TF, TSA have gone nowhere. And everyone knows that this organization exists only to delay people. No one really believes that they're actually helping anyone. And it's actually been proven many times through independent studies that they are not effective at actually finding terrorists or stopping people who are sneaking in uh, guns and, and and things of that nature. So really, the TSA just exists to get the population uh, in, in line and used to the idea of of a massive police state, which is most certainly the direction that we're going. And if that is the direction we're going, you can bet that the social, our social networking is going to reflect that, if anything, is going to be the uh, first herald of all these things coming into existence. The language of liberal left-wing ideology is also preparing our society to be able to transition into a ranking system, a social ranking system. So we have words very popular in the media now like intersectionality. And this is a word invented by uh, sociologists. And for the most part, sociologists are people who uh, ideally look to get jobs with government bureaucracies where they are paid to create legislation for determining how people should act and, and behave. So the idea of intersectionality is that if, uh, if you're is that marginalizations can intersect. and if they intersect, then that makes them more significant. So the classical example for this is like, if, uh, if, if you're a, a woman, that's one marginalization. And if you happen to be a minority, you're a black woman, then that's, that's another marginalization, being black. And so those intersect. So what that means is not only are you... So that means you basically have double marginalization. So you're more worthy of social benefits that are meant to rectify marginalization... Like affirmative action programs, you're more, you're doubly more worthy. Like if you're just a woman, well, you're kind of worthy, but if you're a minority woman, you're doubly worthy. So you go to the front of the line in terms of whatever benefits affirmative action are supposed to get people. You go to the front of the line to uh, get, uh, um, you know, aid and tuition at great universities, get accepted at great universities, or you go to the front of the line to get jobs first when they're available as, you know, for government uh, employees and, and, and situations like that that are, that are often utilized to try and enact uh, social justice via affirmative action programs. So, and then at, at the opposite scale, you have the white male who's like born totally with privilege and has no marginalization, who's like at the end of the line. So something like this is already in place to be morphed into a social credit system where you start out, because where are you going to start out on the social credit system? Is everyone just going to start out equal? So some, some ideas about equality would indicate that. However, ideas like intersectionality, which is the basis for ideas like affirmative action, say that, well, no, we need affirmative action because some people start below the line. Some people start below zero. So we can't just start out everyone at zero cuz some people start out negative because they've been oppressed in the past. And so and so affirmative action is, is meant to uh, correct that sort of imbalance. So a social credit system could be used to correct that imbalance too. So say, you know, a marginalized, you know, someone with a with like a two or three points of intersectionality, say in addition to being a minority and in addition to being a woman, say they're also going through a trans uh, transgender operation or something like that. So then they would need that. Maybe that's like three intersection points of intersectionality for them. So they would start out with a positive three, whereas like a, say a white male since it, because, um, you know, racism is attached to their, their skin color because of privilege. They should probably start out at negative one since they've had a much too good of a time. So we'll start them out with a, with a social credit deficit and have them work their way back into uh, up to zero and, and maybe beyond, which is actually the same structure that is presented by the right-hand path religions. To take this back to uh, spirituality and, and, and the, the questions of initiation in the left-hand path right now, is this is the basis of the right-hand path and the Pauline doctrine of original sin. The idea that you are born into the world with original sin. You are born into the world with a deficit. You owe something to whatever, to God, to the church, to society, to Jesus, whatever. You know, there's lots of different symbols and metaphors for it to represent this but ultimately it is the church it is the authority which governs society that you owe something to so this is just really a, a a brilliant uh it's it's diabolical and not 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 in in the good way um way of uh thinking about organizing and managing society so so that is why if you had any doubt or question about this, why a social credit system like this is not left-hand path, why it is immoral and evil, and why it, it really, it's a, it's a flagship. Something like this is just a great flagship for why socialism and collectivism in general is not left-hand path and why it is not a good thing for humanity, and why uh, no one who is seeking their own vision of freedom and liberty and godhood and personal responsibility should waste any time with this nonsense. And not only should you not be wasting any time with this nonsense, you should be uh, you know, taking up the, the sword of the Frivashi, and fighting against it with all of your might. Because as everything in society begins to collapse around us um, and, and fall to this, this chaos, it will be very, very difficult for any individual to leave themselves from it. Because you know once, once a universal system like this is put into place... What happens is the only way to really survive is to try and get on the on the good side of it. To try and get on not on the good side, but on the on the winning side of it. To try and get on the authoritarian side of it. So, so this should make everyone very nervous. You can cross-reference this with the recent um, government shutdown controversy that was going on here in America, and I did a couple of podcasts on it. And I was surprised at how many people, uh, how, how much response I got against this, you know, even people that I considered to be, you know, really, you know, independent left-hand path people would, you know, kind of like frowned upon that because so many of them, if they don't work for government, they have, they know someone who works for government. So a couple of facts I'll throw at you about that. Um, it's like one out of six people now, are working for government or a government-related job, like contracting or something. Do you realize how huge that is? So people like to uh, point out Walmart, like to trash on liberals. Love to trash on Walmart for some reason, I, and I don't understand why. Um, but they like to trash. I say Walmart is the biggest employer in the world. Like just that alone uh, makes you the evil empire. But it's not true. Government is actually the biggest employer in America right now. Can you believe that? And something like this shutdown happens, and they're all freaking out about it. Like, like seriously, you've never had to go without a paycheck before? You've never lost a job before? You lose your job and you're missing a paycheck, and this has to be a matter of national attention? When did we get to the point where we look at government as being an employer, Now, I understand if you—maybe you grew up in a a semi-socialized, social democracy-type environment, um, but the American perspective on things uh, when I was growing up was that America is not an employer. America—or the American government is not an employer. The government is a mechanism for defending liberty and freedom, defending our individuals, liberties and freedoms and defending and maintaining a a free society and a free market. But where did we go? Where did we go wrong when we started thinking that government was an employer? Because if government is an employer, then they're fully entitled to bring in a social ranking system like that. They're obligated to. I mean, every employer is obligated in order to do well as a business. To know about their employees, to give them ratings, to give you an annual performance review to see if you deserve a raise. That's totally normal in a free, uh, you know, voluntary business corporation type setting. It does not make sense for a government to do that. It, because, why? Because it's not free and voluntary, because it's coercive, because it is based on force. It is based on mechanicalism. It is based upon the drooge. It is based upon the lie. It is not the same thing as a business. And it is such a wrong avenue to go down to start thinking that government is a business because then you start thinking we just need a president who's a really good CEO who can make good dis- business decisions. And it's just it, it just leads us down this horrible road. Or let me correct that. It has led us down this dark road And if there's any rays of light that we can catch on to. So getting back to the question of if the social credit system, the communist social credit system could happen here. I called it Chinese social credit system, and that's what it is in the media. But really, we should just call it the communist social credit system because they are communist. You know, you get I'll I'll be called a conspiracy theorist for like using this kind of terminology, I'm sure. But we see the infrastructure is all there for it. The technology is all there for it, and the ideology is all in place for it. How easy could they move in these laws? How easily could they pass laws governing an American social credit system? and i think it'd be really easy they just need to focus it all and we've already already touched on on this with intersectionality but racism the moniker of racism the tagline of racism would be the key for doing this i mean this is the thing that's already all over in the public right now people are uh throwing the the racism tag on each other left and right the whole secret just as with you know call out culture is that you have to label throw it on someone else first and 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 it and it always sticks so that's the secret you just throw it on someone and it sticks it always sticks because one reason is that it's so vague it could really be anything it's so ambiguous what is considered racist anymore you know when it's so ambiguous that acknowledging someone's race could be considered racist not acknowledging someone's race could be considered racist. Um, It happens all the time. There's just so many things that you you can do that can be considered racist that no one even knows what to do anymore. So people are just afraid to say anything or else they're in a hurry to accept systems and linguistic systems that will uh, protect them from it or anything that comes comes their way that they can embrace that will somehow uh, protect them from possibly having this label um, thrown at them. So all they have to do is say that this social credit system is going to prevent racism and that's it. No one can say anything about it. If you're against the social credit system, then you're a racist and that's it. It'll get pushed right in, and no one will be able to do anything about it. So, that sounds pretty dark and grim, <laughs> but um, but there it is. You heard it here first. Let's watch it happen. You'll come back here, and you'll say, uh, wow, Paul, you are right. You predicted the future spot on, but no one will be able to say that to me because then that would be considered racist, and you'll lose points for it. So... The reason I say all this stuff now is because we can still say some things. We can still stand up and fight a little bit. So, look inside. Find that Frivashi within you and hold aloft your sword. Find the gift of set within you, the principle of individuality and isolate existence and freedom and the pure godlike realm of creation that lies before you with the promise of the mind star and hold on to it with all of your might, my brothers and sisters, and always, always keep the dark fire burning.